Welcome to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. I'm your host, Scott Ramage. In this episode, I'm going to chat with Ted Tymon. Ted is the owner of Front Door Gourmet. He's been married for 18 years. He has three children. And uh, I can't wait to ask a little bit more about this, but he has traveled the world as a singer. So that's something that uh, I, I definitely want to get into. Welcome to the show, Ted. It's really fun to have you. Hey, thanks, Scott. Glad to be here. Yeah. So um, pre-show is always fun. I always get some really cool information and I never record it. So <laughs> we have to revisit some of our conversations. First and foremost, one of my um, one of my previous guests on the show and is actually going to be coming on a few more times, Eric LeClaire. I just, just found out that we're... Um, He's the one that invited you to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood group. Yeah, Eric. Uh, so we trained at uh, Team CrossFit Academy. Uh, we met Eric down there in Monrovia, California, and we were with him for, wow, six years before we moved to Houston, Texas area, uh, Katy, Texas specifically. And um, yeah, Eric was our introduction to CrossFit and training. And uh, you know, Eric, so you know, uh, how amazing he is as a coach and as a motivator. And he really got us on the right path for, uh, for fitness, but also for a lot of life aspects too. And um, he watched my kids grow up and uh, a really great guy. So I'm really glad he connected me with you guys too. Yeah. I, 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 um, I was, I was telling Ted, you guys earlier that um, when I was talking to Eric, he's like, well, I only invite people that I want to do life with onto the brotherhood of fatherhood. And I said, well, <laughs> there's thousands of people on there. So you might not always get that choice, but I didn't realize um, that you were one of those people, the original people he invited from very beginning. And, and because one of my goals was actually to reach out to everyone he had invited, because I know Eric, I know his character. And if he invited somebody and said, I'm only inviting people that I want to align myself with, they were the right type of people. And it just happenstance that I reached out because I'm like, this dude, you are involved. You're making amazing, um, contributions to the group about marriage, about kids, about all things. And I was like, I've got to talk to Ted because Ted is a really cool guy and you've been really pretty interactive since the beginning. So first of all, thank you for that. I think a lot of men um, need to hear other voices that are positive and that can kind of see a situation and not just uh, reply out of a gut, inst you know, gut response. I think you put a lot of thought into your contributions. So first of all, thank you. Um, and, and <clears throat> you're coming at it in at a high level coming from Eric LeClaire, as we both know, he's just an incredible coach an incredible person. And he does, he lifts every, the, everyone around him up to a new level. So Monrovia, California is far from Katy, Texas. So what's the story there? So we were, yeah, we were in California and I was working in corporate America. I was a sales manager for a high-end oven company and uh, it's not really my thing, but uh, it's where I found myself uh, working to support three children and uh, a lovely wife and great opportunity to get out of Southern California. Um, no offense, I love Southern California. Uh, I'm happy to visit there now, uh, but uh, looking for, as Texans say, I got here as quick as I could and uh, had an opportunity to transfer out here with my corporate job and lived, uh, lived that life for about two and a half years while I was here and uh, started my catering business on the side um, just to supplement income and because I have a passion for it. And it started to grow and I started to make plans to transition out of the corporate job. And they made that decision for me last September. So about uh, 15 months ago, which I think was uh, 
was Providence, really. It, uh, it forced me to take the leap of faith and pursue my business. So that's, that's kind of how we got to Katy, Texas, and uh, very happy to be here. I, I love that story. I did not know that. Um, I am a, some people would say a serial entrepreneur. Like, and I think the only reason that I'm a serial entrepreneur is because um, if I'm not doing something as a side hustle, uh, then something's wrong with me. And some things have stuck, some things have stuck too well. And then um, some things haven't stuck well enough. Um, the first thing that stuck created a real issue with my time availability to my family because it grew too big. And I had two, two jobs. So I really encourage men, like I think a lot of men have this inner drive just to do their own thing or start their own thing, but they don't quite know how. So doing it as a side hustle is an incredible uh, way to do it. And I'm really happy to hear that you did it because I didn't, you know, being laid off, then you have a plan B. So right. was there panic at that point or were you, were you feeling pretty good because something was started and it was going in the right direction? Yeah. Feeling good because something was started. Um, also the core, I was in that corporate job for eight years. Uh, before that I did a bunch of other things, but, uh, never doing the corporate sales, never being with a large organization and, even getting hired into that organization, it was a little different company when I got hired than it was when I ended up uh, being let go. And uh, it didn't match who I was as a person any longer. So it, it had been time for me to get out for several years, but you know, you got the, the nice paycheck and the security and a family that you're trying to provide for. And so it was hard for me to step out on my own. And I think that's, uh, that's part of the reason why they made the decision for me. Um, I, I, I wasn't doing anything uh, that would have warranted that except for that. I wasn't supposed to be there any longer. So yeah, that was my exit and it was great. Yeah. 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 You know, there's, there's multiple ways. There's the, you know, burn your boats and just go for it. Um, there's the side hustle thing. I'm, I'm a big fan of the side, the side gig. Um, one, I think it can give you energy and um, you can try it with, without too much risk. Uh, the, the big risk, the big risk is time. I mean, right. um, you know, I speak pretty strongly about being present with your family, being present with your kids, because when I was running a business and uh, had a full-time job as an educator, I literally abandoned my family, you know, in a stupid manner because I was working so much. So were you able to kind of manage your time well? I mean, you have three kids <laughs> and yeah. a wife. So yeah, so we, I, I focus on the family quite a bit. Um, that's, uh, I don't have a whole lot of side um, activities that I do. I, I have a few outlets, but uh, most of my outlets either involve my wife or my kids. And, uh, and so they're involved in those uh, opportunities. So we get time together. Uh, I'm actually coming up on um, another opportunity to prove myself as a father and a husband. Uh, we're we're getting to open our own storefront here in the next uh, two to three weeks. And once we move into there, we're going to have regular hours. We're going to have foot traffic and my requirement to be on site is going to go up significantly. Uh, so I get to, uh, I get to prove out who I want to be again here in the next few weeks as that gets started and, um, and make, make some good decisions uh, to be present with my family and of course uh, move my business forward as well. So going to be an it's going to be a new change another opportunity to uh to try something different yeah that's this is a good conversation we're going to stick here for a minute um because as business grows so do demands and, and and requires changes and um you know i think you 
one reason I reached out to you to do this podcast is because you display um, a level-headedness of what's important and where the time is spent and how to do that. I mean, you've just watched your comments and your, your, your things that you contribute. So opening a storefront, um, I know from personal experience, it can be all-consuming. So what's your plan to kind of make sure you stay balanced? So my wife's involved in the business with me. And so that gives us quite a bit of time together. Uh, my children are a little older, so yeah. they don't need a ton of, um, you know, they want to be doing their own thing quite a bit as well. But um, my, my plan is to not go crazy with the storefront hours to, uh, to keep them at a reasonable level and make sure that uh, make sure that I'm able to get out at a decent time so that I spend some time with my family every evening. And if the business grows to the point where I have to expand those hours, that at that point we'll, uh, we'll make some concessions, whether it's uh, bringing somebody in to work some late hours so that I can be home or uh, bringing the kids over to the shop and they can hang out with me there. We can, you know, it's, it's really a catering business. So the foot traffic's not gonna be a ton. And, uh, and I'm a family man. So if somebody that's going to be a customer walks in and sees me playing a board game with my kids out in the lobby, if that doesn't jive with them, then they can go find somewhere else to get their food. But, uh, but that's who I am. So if, uh, if my family is a distraction and they don't think I'm taking my business seriously, then, uh, I'll find other people that, uh, can value the same things that I do. That's one of the most important things as a business owner to learn. And it's one of the hardest things to learn. Um, <clears throat> Like you, you can make a decision to, excuse me, you can make a decision to, um, you know, serve your, your customers at their leisure and also pretty much take on any customer. You can have the decision of, I have an ideal customer type and that's someone who will understand who I am and what things are important to me. And it sounds like you have that nailed down because that can, um, that can overwhelm you really fast if you take anybody for anything and they can run your life. And, and it sounds like you kind of figured out, like, I'm going to make the decisions here and your kids. That's another thing. Mike, you know, my kids are, our kids are similar ages. You just have one more than me in the middle, but uh, 12, 14 and 17, that's pretty self-sufficient for, for, you know, small blocks of time for the, for the 12 and 14 year old. So it's actually a really good time to be able to build things. And, um, when I was growing up, my parents owned a business and man, that's where I learned how to work. Like I, they yeah. didn't, I, I got paid, I got paid well, I cleaned their business for them. And, and, I, and I had to have my own responsibilities. It was a phenomenal experience. I think it's really deep seated some of my work ethic to another level. So I think it's a great opportunity when your kids are that age to really bring them on board if they're wanting to. Yeah, there's some interest and, and some not interest and, yeah, uh, yeah. You, know, you know, they're kids, right? So sometimes right. they get asked to help and they do and sometimes they get asked to help and they complain, but uh, it's all part of the learning process. So yeah, yeah it's real good. So you, um, a, a number that we were talking about earlier is um, married 18 years right? Um, and your oldest is 17. So you guys were uh, running that race to kids <laughs> like really fast. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting story. So, um, so my wife has, um, has had issues in her life with medicines and, and taking drugs specifically. So when we were getting married, uh, she was a little concerned about taking birth control pills. 
And so she did some research and decided, oh yeah, we're gonna try this rhythm method. And, uh, and we're, we're gonna use that as our, uh, as our uh, pregnancy deterrent for the beginning of our marriage. And so uh, uh, pregnant three weeks after we got married, <laughs> I guess it didn't work. So, so much for rhythm. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you know, we, we, we understand how it happened, but uh, it was definitely uh, not expecting to get pregnant that quick. <laughs> yeah, the rhythm method, uh, and and kind of newlywed. It's it's probably the rhythm is whenever we're ready, and she was obviously ready. Her body was ready for it. Yeah. So, um, how did that change your plans, or or did it? Did you just kind of you guys kind of the roll it with it type, or super planned out type, or? No, you know, we didn't have plans. I think I, my wife was is younger than I am. She's about eight years younger than I am. So we got pregnant or we got married and she was just 21. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't think she was ready to be a mother. And, um, oh. and I, yeah, I was, I was older. I had a lot of experience with my friends and their families. So I think I was ready to be a father, but, uh, you know, it takes two to parents. So, um, it was, it was a challenge. There's definitely some challenge in the first year or two of our marriage, uh, especially her relationship with our, with our oldest child and, uh, just, finding, finding her place there as a parent, uh, especially being a young, younger person, a younger parent. Uh, so let's talk about your relationship. I think that's, um, it's, it's a really important conversation that most men don't talk to other men about is like your relationship with your wife. Uh, so you said the first couple of years were pretty rocky or, or not, not super smooth. No, I think Rocky's the right term. Okay. Uh, you know, there are definitely times in there that I thought, what in the world did I get into? And, uh, and I'm sure there's been times along the way that she thought, why in the world did I marry this guy? Uh, but uh, yeah, our, our story is interesting. So um, we got set up by her aunt, who uh, was uh, somebody that I knew. And basically her aunt sent her a letter that said, hey, you need to come meet this guy. So long story short, we met on, on St. Patrick's Day. We, that was it. It was, she came down to, she was actually living in Seattle at the time. And uh, so she came down, I was in central California, came down for a weekend visit to her aunt and I met her. That was it. Uh, Built some relationship uh, via email. Um, No, no romantic interest at all. But uh, about December time, she decided that she was going to come down and, and make a change in her life. So she moved down in December started to have some feelings early in the year, uh, right around April was when we discussed having a relationship. We actually got engaged pretty close to that time. So we did never really dated wow. and married four and a half months later and pregnant three weeks after that. So, um, yeah, our, our relationship is an interesting one because we didn't really know each other. We didn't have a long time to get to know each other before we got together. And then we didn't have a long time together before we started having children and a family. So um, it's, yeah, it's created a lot of, uh, a lot of interesting things. And if, if we both weren't committed to, first of all, the relationship, but also to understanding the other person and, and making changes and um, concessions for the other person and who they're, who they are, uh, we would, we would be one of those statistics uh, on the other side of the fence by now. Yeah. So what changed your, what changed your mindset or your view around that? Because I think that is a a big sticking point is you do, there's some give, there's a lot of give. Uh, A lot of people come into marriage thinking they're going to get a lot. 
And um, one of the things that, that Josh and I both talk a lot about is we call it the 100 100 principle. Like you, you literally got to give 100% each side. The 50%, the 50 50 thing doesn't work. And I think you actually contributed to a conversation about that recently. Um, but, but yeah, like you, you get into this marriage and you think, oh man, it's going to be, you know, I'm carrying half the weight. She'll carry half the weight. And, and I think with that also comes this idea that they're going to change to be more in line with what, what you think is going to <laughs> supposed to right. be. Um, so how, how did you guys navigate through some of those things? Yeah, no, that's an interesting uh, point. And, and I say it all the time. Uh, one of my least favorite sayings in marriage is 50-50. I always say it's 100. I don't even mention the second 100 because I, I can uh, only be responsible for my 100. Yeah. You know, whatever she decides to bring to the marriage, uh, it's on her. And I hope that it's 100% also because that's how we can be most successful. But, uh, but my responsibility and what I have control over is my 100% donation to our relationship. And so with that in mind, um, you know, that it's, it doesn't make it easy for sure. But, um, but if, you're, if your idea is I'm going to give 100% to this relationship, then when, you're, when your spouse changes perspective, um, personality even, uh, when, when they become the person who they're going to become, and hopefully they're constantly evolving, right? Like I'm constantly evolving and we're learning more about who we are and who we want to be, um, giving a hundred percent and being, being fully committed like that allows me to make adjustments in my life. To right. who she is. So, um, yeah, with that, uh, we've, we, we found out and we've actually had this conversation recently that, at about 30 years old for her, um, which was, was pretty much when we started CrossFit uh, with Eric, uh, at about 30 years old, we realized that she was a completely different person than she was when we got married. And not for, not for the worse at all, but, but just that she was no longer that 21-year-old, I, I don't use it as a derogatory term, but that 21-year-old girl that I married She's now this 30-year-old woman who has three kids and knows who she wants to be. She was not athletic at all, uh, didn't have any interest in being athletic or, or physical, and uh, now she runs laps around me every time we CrossFit together and, and has been that way for several years. Um, but uh, it's, been, it's been quite a journey with, with several bumps in the road um, simply because she's a totally different person. I'm a totally different person. We always joke about the fact that uh, when we got married, I was 29 going on 80. <laughs> and, uh, I was just a grumpy old man at 29 years old. And, right. uh, and she's made me so much younger, which has necessarily changed who I am as well. So um, it's, it's a constant push and pull and uh, effort to adjust your understanding of who your spouse is and how you're going to embrace that and, and make it the best it can be. Yeah. Just like speaking my language. Um, absolutely love it. And it's interesting because this last conversation in the Facebook group where I brought up hundred hundred, um, I actually started questioning that. And I don't know if it's something you said, but I was like, it really isn't a hundred to hundred. That's a conversation my wife and I have, like we have an agreement together that we're a hundred and hundred. She's going to put in her hundred. I don't have that. That's not part of my agreement. My agreement is that I will give my 100%. Right. 
Um, and, and, but she's agreed a hundred. I think that's where it born for him, but I think it needs to change. I think it needs to be the, I gave it a hundred percent. Cause I talk about, you know, draw a circle, like <clears throat> draw, stand inside a circle. You barely fit in anything inside of that circle is the, is what you can control. Anything outside of is completely out of your control. And that includes your spouse. You can influence them, but you cannot control them. And, um, you know, when, when men ask, well, my wife, isn't reciprocating. I'm like, so like, is, is your boss reciprocating? Does that make you want to walk away? I mean, there's just some things in life where you put, you've got to go all in. And then my thing is like, if you're not putting in a hundred percent, you're because when you were dating courting, you probably were putting in a hundred percent. Sure. Probably, you know, and, and that's what she fell in love with. So why do you think 50 is okay? <laughs> yeah, I've never had a conversation with a guy about marriage that uh, when he said his wife isn't reciprocating, when we start digging deeper, we don't find out that he's not given his hundred. He might not even be given his 50. Uh, you know, he's, he's dropping the ball and um, you know, I, and I've, I, I'm sure they're out there, but I don't know that I've ever spoken with a wife who would be able to say, yeah, my husband's giving me everything he's got and I'm just not interested. Right. Every wife I've ever talked to and every couple I've ever talked to about marriage, if the husband's giving what he can to the marriage, she's reciprocating. Right. right. Yeah, I, I think that's a really important one. And also the same the same goes here when I talk to men that are like, oh, my wife's not, you know, she's not interested. She's losing interest or she's she's talking a lot to other men, you know, all those things. And it, you, when you really dig in there's a big gap in what the man is providing for his husband. I mean, we, we're not just here to earn a paycheck and play with the kids for an hour every night. That's not the role. Right. Um, so I think there's a lot of truth to that. And then you spoke of another thing, which I think is wonderful to talk about is that we all change. We all morph and it's not necessarily like, you know, they're going to change. My wife's going to change in a way that I like, it's just going to change. Um, so what are some, have been some of the changes? I mean, you mentioned a few, but what have been the big, the big things you guys have gone through? Oh man. Well, yeah. When we first got married, my wife had just lost a whole bunch of weight, um, but did it in a completely unhealthy way. And, um, but that was what she knew. Hey, I was successful and it was by doing it this way. And so she was coming into her own. She also knew that I, um, I had an affinity towards the more conservative looking woman, you know, kind of a little house on the prairie for lack of a better, example. <laughs> but, you know, just kind of like the, the simple dress, the simple that. And so she didn't wear as much makeup. She didn't dress as flashy as she wanted to. She tried to do, she tried to be who I wanted her to be. And as we were married and, and progressing in our marriage, you know, she started trying to move some of that stuff back in. And I wish I could say that I was 100% supportive of her being her, uh, but it took a while. It was a process for me to embrace that. Yeah, she's not going to be my my uh, flowy dress, simple simple makeup wife. You know, she wants to be flashy. She wants to she wants to have fun clothes. She wants to wear fun makeup. She wants to be noticed, and I have to support that. I have to embrace that. So um, I still struggle with it. 18 years later, it's, it's still not my preference. It doesn't, it doesn't match who I am, but that's okay because it's not me, it's her. And while we're a couple, we're together, we're, we're to become one. 
she's still an individual and I have to support her as an individual for, for her to be, to feel that I'm giving my hundred percent. That includes me supporting who she is just like she supports who I am. And she does it much more naturally than I do. And uh, that's one of the things I always have to work on. Yeah. Yeah, It's a really, it's a really good point. I love that you noticed that there, you know, it just because it's not your ideal doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean it's wrong. So, um, Oh, I just had a question that I was, I wanted to, to ask, but I forgot what, um, so you do tell us about your business, because I think this, you talked about your wife's, your wife's health. You've also mentioned that you did CrossFit or training with, um, team CrossFit Academy, which is owned by, was owned by Eric LeClaire, like a very, very implement early implementer of CrossFit, like very early. Um, and, and then you also um, mentioned in, in your pre-interview that, that you like rucking and hiking and um, just a lot of outdoor things, which is really cool. But here you are, you're running a catering business and a healthy meal prep business. Correct. So why? So, uh, so I've, always, I've always cooked. You know, I was the guy who uh, my roommates and I would have the professors over for dinner in college, that kind of thing. I've always just, I've always loved cooking. And um, then uh, as I was, so I began my career um, and this is going to lead you into that singing question. But uh, so I, I, my degree is a music degree for my bachelor's degree. And then I have a master's degree in pastoral studies. And uh, I spent the first uh, dozen years or so of my, of my professional career as a staff pastor. So always the worship leader doing some other things in churches, but, um, church jobs don't pay very well. And so I almost always had a side gig and, uh, it was substitute teaching for a lot of that time. But, uh, in 2001, I started, uh, pursuing catering. I had an opportunity. It was a, a door that opened. Uh, it's kind of a funny story too. Uh, so a friend of mine from one of the churches I was working at, uh, he, saw that I'd started my catering business and said, Hey, we're having a Christmas party for the hospital. Can you do dinner for 950 people? And I had just started catering. So uh, my mom ran a catering business in Southern California. So I told him, yeah, I can. And I called my mom and I said, Hey mom, can I do this? And she said, absolutely not. So I made the guy a proposal and I took the gig and, and I did it. And so that was kind of my, my foray into catering. Uh, and so I've done catering as a side gig ever since then. So maybe the last 18, 19 years, I've been doing catering on the side. Uh, fast forward to, uh, we did do some meal prep uh, back in California, but when we got here, uh, it really started off um, focused on some friends. So yeah, I was meal prepping for my family and I had friends that I know were super busy. They have three daughters as well. And um they're eating Chick-fil-A every night and Whataburger, just grabbing it from activity to activity. And I thought, man, how can I help these guys out? So I offered to prep some meal for them and they embraced it. They liked it. It was healthy and uh, better than Chick-fil-A every night. And so that family turned into two families, turned into three families, which has always been my story with catering is I'll do one gig and it'll turn into two more, it'll turn into two more. And, uh, so when that happened and these people started being interested in the healthy meal prep, I decided that uh, maybe this is something I need to pursue. And CrossFit uh, is a great 
avenue to go into that because uh, lots of folks very concerned with their health want to make sure that they're focused on nutrition as well. Most people do. And uh, the nutritional support is, uh, I'm not going to say lacking, uh, but even in the gyms that have the nutritional support, they don't have the meal prep. And, and uh, you know, we have Snap Kitchen or some of these other organizations that are making food that's, um, that's prepared and healthy, but uh, the price point is extreme, especially for an athlete that's trying to fuel and, um, and it just, it wasn't working. So I, I fixed, I, I fixed my eyes on the fitness world as a, as a main avenue for me to pursue in the meal prep. And so I started my meal, my meals are a little bit larger than your traditional meal prep companies and, uh, still trying to make it healthy. I, I, I don't really advertise it as healthy because I think the food stands alone and I don't want, I don't want to get the stigma of, well, I'll eat it because it's healthy. I want people to eat it and say it's awesome. And then they can, they can go behind the curtain and realize, okay, it's gluten-free, it's soy-free, it's dairy-free, it's uh, sugar-free, and it's still awesome. And so I, I, so I worked out the macronutrients for each of my meals and, and just really trying to gear towards that. Uh, I think there's an avenue of my business down the road that will be, I've done some now, but it'll be a total meal planning where I'll where I'll take people's macros and break them down and, and build what they eat each day, that kind of thing. But uh, that was a really long-winded answer. Sorry. It's a good answer. And it's a, it's a, it's a topic that I really like talking about. And I, 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 I have used some food prep um, companies and it, and I just like having the macros cause I'm going to hit a certain macro, you know, nutrient spot in my goals, but um, I never pick a meal for it. It's, it's more about like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's, it's kind of wrapping it all up and making sure that I'm in a, in a certain spot and then I find a normal, but every time I've done that with meal prep, cause I'm not a good meal prepper. <laughs> I'm not a good uh, cook. I'm not, but every time I've done that, it's either gotten exorbitantly expensive. Snap kitchen was ridiculously expensive or, um, or they've closed. And, um, I've, I noticed that a, a lot of these community-based ones are, are popping up and pe- and it seems to be kind of the magic bullet, if you will, because it's, it's, um, a little more affordable and, and it seems to be a really good solution. Um, you know, whole food, eating whole real foods. So are you growing it inside of your, the do you go to a CrossFit gym now and do you share it within that or? Yeah. So we have, uh, we have four gyms that are on board right now, um, oh, that, wow. we, that we will deliver to, uh, we've actually put refrigerators in their facilities. So we'll deliver to them and drop off the food for their clientele. And, uh, but we do home delivery as well. <clears throat> yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're actually training. I'll, I'll give a little shout out. We're training at a CrossFit called CrossFit 1420. Uh, it's down here in Katie and Brian and his, crew are fantastic guys. They've been very supportive of our business and also of our training. So, uh, awesome. yeah, those guys are great, but, uh, yeah. So building relationship with CrossFit gyms and, uh, typically we'll go to the gym, we'll set up, uh, a sampling. So we'll have maybe five or six items off of our menu and we'll just feed the people and talk to them about our business and pick up some clients. And then kind of that old uh, catering adage for me, if one person starts buying the food, they enjoy it. They start talking to other folks and now there's two or three or four and, and it's growing like that. But our goal is to keep it uh, local, keep it small. Um, 
obviously bigger so that we can pay the bills and, and maybe not do this until our nineties, but, uh, but um, keep it, keep it small, uh, relational. We want to be able to uh, touch each person that's buying food from us and make sure that they're happy, make sure that their needs are being met and, uh, and allow them to influence how we move forward and, uh, and how we get to be most successful. So uh, yeah, small business is definitely what we want to be. Yeah. So based on that, I do know that um, running a business can take all time. And I know that as you grow, you know, we, we've already talked about that, but what, how, how do you ensure that when you are with your kids and your wife, you're actually with them, not just in body, but in, in mind and spirit, you're listening, you're paying attention, you're interacting, because I think that's a big issue we have today is we're so distracted by devices and the things in the immediate in front of us, um, like going into this brick and mortar you know, step up that you're doing in your business, as well as what you've already got going, how are you planning to kind of maintain a higher level of interaction with your family? That's a good question. Uh, and I'm not going to lie and say that there aren't times that we're sitting in the same room doing our own thing on devices. I mean, that does happen for sure. But, uh, but you know, I, I think the most important part is knowing each person as an individual, kind of like your spouse, you need to know who your spouse is so that you can support them best. Same thing with my children. So I have one child who wants to watch TV together. I have one child who wants to play board games together. I have another child that uh, likes to go outside and do more things outside. And so I try to be very intentional about um, doing those specific things that they like to do with them. I think that speaks the most love and that maximizes our time together because we might only have an hour to watch a show. But if we sit down and watch the show and interact a little bit while we're watching the show, that fills their love tank. And, uh, and that's the goal for me. Uh, my wife and I get quite a bit of time together, but uh, I think as I mentioned, uh, maybe I didn't mention it on here, but I don't have a whole lot of activities that I do myself. Um, most of the things that I choose to do, I do with my family. Uh, so it's either something that my wife and I both enjoy doing or it's something that one of the kids likes doing. Um, I think they would actually prefer me spend a little bit more time doing my own thing so that they could have a little more space. Uh, once we get the brick and mortar, that'll definitely happen. But um, no, I think it's just intentionality. You know, you mentioned Eric earlier and he's one of the most intentional people I've ever met in my life. And, um, and he was very influential in me trying to become more intentional. I've got a long way to go. I, I can't, uh, I can't live up to, uh, Eric's uh, standard at this point, but I'm, I'm still striving to become more intentional and, uh, and make sure that the things that I do have purpose and, uh, and that, and that includes time for myself. So, you know, whether it's going out and throwing discs or going on a ruck or, uh, you know, making it to the CrossFit gym, you know, those are important things as well, but, uh, and even playing a game or doing something like that, hanging out with the guys, you know, these things are all important, but, it's important that they're done in proportion to other things. So I think the biggest issue uh, for, for guys that I know and for myself even is to get really excited about something in my own life and lose focus on the other things that are going on around me. And then all of a sudden it's been a month and my wife's asking for a date. And I said, well, we, you know, we went last week and she reminds me, no, that was last month. And uh, you know, we need to, we need to fix that. So 
she's constantly helping me with that as well. But uh, we have we have a date set up with each of our kids and with each other at least once a month. I try to go twice with my wife, once with the kids. And that's out of the house, something intentional that we're that we're spending a, a block of time together. And uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, that my suggestion to men and what what you kind of reminded me of is that um, it's not always quantity. It's got to be some quality. So we got to understand what fills the tank of our wife and our kids, as well as the fact that intentionality is is the driving force of being successful. I mean, it, you can you can happenstance on some things, but mostly it's the intentionality and the fact that, um, okay, my, one kid likes TV and one kid likes going outside and one kid likes playing games. You know, an hour of each is really, you know, it's filling their bucket, if you will. Right. The, um, the other thing that a lot of men struggle with is the me time. I hear this all the time. It's like, it, I need me time. Um, so you kind of mentioned that it can get out of control. It can get out of control really fast. So, um, again, what things do you do that fill your own needs and why do you do those as opposed to some other things? No, that's a good, that's a good point. Um, I think, so for me, uh, I'm an early riser and so I've got a couple hours in the morning before my family is up. And so that's a great time for me to go out on a walk or a rock or um, do something like that. If I want to throw discs, I can go out and do it that time. Um, but I think, I think it's, uh, well, we, we talked about it earlier. You said you're, uh, would you call yourself a serial entrepreneur? Um, but I think if you're doing something that you love, that can also be me time. And so, you know, and I can understand for a guy that's in a nine to five or in a job that uh, is not necessarily filling him and, and something that he loves, sometimes we can't get out of that situation. So I understand that. And maybe there is a little bit more need for me time outside of work, but and especially now that I'm not working in a corporate job anymore, I'm, my job is what I love. So that fills my me time up some, even if I'm prepping food or, or cooking, you know, I, I get filled by doing what I love and that helps a lot. Uh, so, um, but I think, I think for me time, it's just being real intentional. I think yeah, one of the sayings I like a lot is if you need something done, ask a busy person because they know what's going on in their life and they can, they can find that half an hour window or that hour window that's sitting there. Uh, I'm just real intentional to know, okay, well, this is the time that my family's around. I can spend time with them. This is the time that I'm working. Hey, look, there's an hour right there and an hour right there that I can spend to myself. And if we're intentional about it, we can find those times. If we're not intentional about it, then the whole day goes by as a blur and we don't get those times. Yeah. I think a lot of men fall into the trap of like, well, I just want some guy time and, but there's no parameters. So they leave, they're gone for four hours. They get home at midnight or one. And I think, um, one, that's one reason why, uh, same with me, like rocking, rocking, I can get out. I, I feel like I'm a little bit in touch with nature as much as I can be in a right. suburb, but, um, I've gotten exercise. I've had think time or I could listen to a podcast, um, but I'm also doing like an exerting manly type thing. Um, and I think, I think the key isn't, um, finding, you know, filling your own bucket with friends. The key is 
that intentionality, what, what does that look like? And I love, I'd never heard if you want something, if you want help with something, ask a busy person or whatever you're saying yeah. was, how true is that? I mean, if someone asks me for help, I'll know exactly when and where that's going to fit in my schedule. Cause my schedule is really full and I'm very organized, but I'm not, I'm going to help. It's just, it's going to happen. Right. So it's really good advice. It's really good advice. <laughs> well, thanks. Every once in a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. <clears throat> so what have been some of the biggest struggles in your marriage? Wow. Um, well, we actually, we actually had a blowout maybe three or four weeks ago where I was feeling like uh, there was very little um, concern for me and uh, that that my wife was being very selfish and that uh, she was, you know, it was, she was looking for a lot more me time than I felt like she needed. And uh, that, that there was more me time than focusing on the family. And so tensions were building and, and again, we're not perfect. So, you know, that probably happened for a week or two before we actually had the conversation and I started to approach it like, okay, I'm going to tell her how it's going. And then she opened up and she blew me up. And she started explaining all the things that she's doing and, you know, how can you think that and this and that. And she started spelling it out and I was getting defensive and I was ready to fight. And then I started hearing what she was saying and I realized, oh my gosh, she's, she's just as busy as I am. And, you know, my perspective was completely wrong. So we had it out. I took my butt whipping and, uh, and we got back on track. And, and I think that happens every once in a while. And it goes, you know, it's on both sides of the fence. Sometimes she needs a little whooping. Sometimes I need a whooping. But the open line of communication allows us to get there and process through. So now we're in a really great sweet spot again. I'm guessing that uh, that's not going to last for the next 30 years. And we'll probably have to do it again sometime. But, uh, but yeah, so that's that. I mean, we had a real, we had a real struggle. Gosh, now it's about seven or eight years ago where, um, where we lost focus on our relationship. And I think she, uh, I think she gave up on me for a couple of years. And so we were just kind of coexisting and I couldn't figure out how to fix it. But, um, but we eventually had a conversation, identified what was going on and why we were there and, um, and made a decision, made a choice to, to fix it again. And, uh, so we were able to process that situation and get back on track and, uh, yeah, so that uh, plus the first couple of years of marriage were pretty rough. So I, I think we've had we've had two major bumps in the road, and then you know lots of lots of little bumps along the way. But uh, yeah, I think how to say this the the most important thing, and it goes back to the hundred percent rule. If if I'm giving a hundred percent to my marriage, then even though I'll miss the mark sometimes and I'll stay angry or I'll miss the mark sometimes and say something I shouldn't, uh, my intentions are always for good for her. And if that's really my perspective, then we're going to be able to work through the tough times and I'm not going to be looking for a way out and I'm not going to be looking for an excuse to be angry and I'm not going to be looking for an opportunity to prove that I was right and she was wrong. Um, and again, not saying that I don't do any, all of those things at some point because I'm flawed. I definitely miss the mark sometimes, but she knows that my intentions for her are good. She grew up in a home where words were used as a weapon. And so it took quite a while in our marriage for her to realize that when I said you didn't take out the trash, I wasn't saying you didn't take out the trash, you stupid jerk, you're worthless. I was saying, 
hey, you were going to take out the trash and it didn't go out, you know, could you do it? And uh, so it took quite a while in our marriage for her to understand that I wasn't, I'm for her. I'm not against her and I'm not trying to attack her or hold her down. And uh, once she realized that it opened up our communication a little bit. Yeah. That's a real big ticket is I had a friend I was talking to recently and he said, um, he said, my wife's really upset about this thing that happened, you know, X amount of years ago. And she keeps bringing it up and it's, um, I've, I've asked for forgiveness. You know, it's done. I don't do it anymore. And, and he has a great marriage. And so we, we talk about marriage and, um, I asked my wife without giving names. I said, so what, what is your, what's your thought about this? Something that keeps coming up. She goes, something from when she was raised. It's something to do with her family. So the next day I go back to my, so is there anything that happened in your wife's life that kind of resembles maybe what happened there? And he like, just got silent. He's like, Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't even believe I, I can't believe that I didn't think of that. And he, and he spelled out this kind of traumatic, long standing over and over and over again thing in her life. And kind of just what you were saying is we come to the table, we see the reaction of our spouse and we assume that we can fix it, that, you know, we have this thing or it's their problem. And what is it going to take? It's probably going to take just stopping and listening and having some conversation. Right. Uh, yeah. My wife and I, honestly, in the last week and a half, and she might be mad at me for saying this, just haven't been connecting well. And, and I, I'm the guy standing in the mountain type seeing, saying, be intentional. Um, when you're with her, be with her, take her on dates, do all this stuff. And I was thinking, and I'm like, I am just absolutely over immersed in nonstop things coming at me right now. It's an extremely busy season. This is on me. And as soon as I kind of had that mindset, it, it realigned. You know, and then the other thing you mentioned is the conversation, just the communication, a really high level communication without hiding and without getting defensive, without fighting. It's just, let's listen to each other. I think that's a, a big missing gap. So, yeah, well, yeah. and I mean, let's be real, that sucks. And it doesn't happen very often without there being fighting and without there being hurt feelings and without there being a break in the conversation for an hour while my wife you know, contemplates killing me or leaving me or whatever. And then we can come back together and have the rest of that conversation. But, you know, it's one of those things. We do lots of things in our lives that we don't like. You know, sometimes there's a workout that we don't want to do, but we do it because we know it's going to make us better. Or we have to go to a job that we don't like. I did it for eight years. And, uh, but we do it because it's going to be good for our family. And that conversation too, uh, when I know that conversation has to come, it's probably two or three days before I actually have it because I'm dreading the fact that we're going to have that conversation. But I know when we do, it will make us better. And so it's not without pain and without frustration and without maybe even fear. But, uh, but like you said, yeah, that it's key. And if it doesn't happen, uh, it's going to make it hard to be moving upwards. Yeah. 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 It sounds like, um, I continue. Basically, I just want you to keep adding comments to our group because I think more men need to hear that one, it's not easy and it takes a lot of intentional work and a lot of uncomfortable work. Yeah. 
And, um, you know, you've been married for 18 years and you've been through your ups and downs, but I would see from the conversation we have, it's a highly successful marriage, not because you never fight, not because you'd never think, oh my gosh, should I have married someone else or she ever thinks that or whatever the case, that, that's not the measure of it. It's the measure of it that you can have these conversations, be open with each other and move forward. Um, what are your, what do you feel is your superpower as a dad? Like what things do you do really well as a dad? I mean, the, 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 the alley-oop one is that I feed them well. <laughs> that one's easy. Um, no, I think, man, what do I do really well? Uh, I would say that it's the intentionality of time. It's just being, being there. And as much as, as much as kids don't want to talk to their parents, I think one thing that we've done really well that I've done well is proven that they can talk to me. And that, um, you know, it doesn't mean I'm not going to be frustrated or upset, but they can talk to me and know that I love them and, and I'll accept them and, and be there for them in the midst of whatever they're dealing with. So yeah, probably, probably that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. I think it's really, really important. Same goes for your wife, right? Like the same, same activity, same thing. So, um, before we run out of time, I want to, I don't think we've talked about your singing background um, <laughs> because we've talked about your corporate career and your, your um, cooking, your um, catering and gourmet food prep. And we've left out this, you know, sing, singing and traveling. So what's that about? Uh, it's been a fairly eclectic life. So, um, so I, I sang all the way growing up, um, went to college uh, on, on music scholarships and uh, I did a lot of touring when I was in school and right after school. So, um, yeah, during school, we travel and sing in the summers. And then uh, the summer after I graduated from college, we uh, put a group together, 11 of us, and went over and spent six weeks in Seoul, uh, in Korea, and oh, wow. traveled around oh, wow. singing and performing and recorded an album and recorded a bunch of albums and different things like that. Um, but primarily in the uh, contemporary Christian world. But um but uh, that's a, uh, and I was a worship pastor for about a dozen years. And uh, so I still participate in that stuff. It's just not my full-time gig anymore. And it's, and honestly, my passions have changed, you know, like we talked about people changing and uh, music was everything for me. I was, uh, I was going to go to Broadway. That's what I wanted to do. And then, um, then I, my faith came on me and, uh, and I decided I was going to be in ministry and I did that and I still do that, but now it's not my vocation. And uh, now my passion is uh, feeding people and helping people be healthy, um, trying to, and trying to, you know, identify that for my family too. You know, just like marriage. I know a lot. I've learned a lot. I can help people a lot. And I still struggle with my own health and making sure that I'm consistently eating well and in training and taking care of my body. And I'm still working on getting to the, uh, to the shape that I should be and want to be. And, uh, but, um, but it's a process. And so if I can help other folks, um, diving deep into the uh, autoimmune disease information and trying to help people uh, through nutrition and, uh, and natural supplements to, to deal with that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, just uh, so my passions have changed. I, and, um, and even in even in uh, my church life, my passions have changed. I've uh, from focusing on music stuff to uh, now my real passion is just connecting people. 
Yeah. Just helping people connect to each other, helping people connect uh, to, to the church or to God or to whatever it is. And, uh, and just bringing people together and helping them, helping people find relationships because our world has, has moved away from that so much with all of the technology. I mean, you and I are talking from uh, 300 miles away on, on a computer. Right. Right. Uh, And so we've, we've gotten away from personal relationship. And I think it's the most important thing for us to do uh, as humans. So uh, that's really my passion now is to just connect people and help them build relationships. But, uh, but touring was fun and uh, and singing was fun. And I still do a little bit here and there. I I like that message um, of we're not always going to have the same passion or drive. And um, I highly, one of the things I value in people, and I don't think I've said this to anybody outside of my wife, but one thing that I really value in the people that I want to surround myself with is that they are in touch with the things that give them energy and aren't afraid to change what they're doing to match to, because that's where you really can contribute the most to the world. You know, um, working with married couples is what gives my wife and I energy for our church. That's, that's, I mean, we just, we thrive on that. Uh, Do we have a perfect marriage? No, but are, are we, are we fueled by that? Yes. And we're going to do it. Same with like, you know, I have a job and I, it's very, I love it, but people say, well, why are you doing the brotherhood? It's because it's what's important to me. And, and I love it when other men are willing to kind of take a hold of those things that, that uh, fuel them, that they know that are are actually contributing as well. Um, We're out of time. Yep. But uh, I wanted to thank you. I, you have a lot to contribute and I've, I've appreciated it from a distance on uh, the uh, evil platform that is Facebook. <laughs> um, but on that note, I, I have uh, just, just, I want to share this for the last two or three weeks as I read through feed, cause I'm, I'm, I, Facebook is a part of my business. It's a part of my things. I, I can't just give it up. I have only been liking and commenting on things that are positive and support the, like, do I want to see more of this? And you know what? Last night I was scrolling through my feed when we got back from a football game, like, wow, Facebook's really changed. This is incredible stuff coming through. It's like, nothing's getting me down. I'm like, oh, wait, it's that algorithm is working in my favor. Um, I don't know why I'm sharing this story. It was just really encouraging. <laughs> it's a good thing to know, right? Because, yeah. and it's kind of, whether it's online or even in our personal lives, uh, interacting with other folks, if we focus on the positive and we build the positive aspect of, of relationships and stuff, we're going to get positivity out of it. And if we feed into the negative, it's going to be negative. That's right. That's a good point. Oh man. I, it, it was like, like, duh, like I'm the one in control of this. If it's driving me crazy, it's because I'm feeding that lion. Right. That's not, that's not what I need. So thank you for feeding me in a positive way. And our our listeners, um, Ted, I really appreciate you. No, thanks for having me, Scott. And I really appreciate you and Josh getting this going and Eric bringing me in and uh, I'm happy to be a part of what's going on. So uh, yeah, hopefully I can continue to contribute in a positive way and, uh, and we'll move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Hey everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to this conversation with Ted. Um, I found it extremely valuable and and encouraging. I know I got to go back and uh, do some 
marriage work. Um, and, and I hope that you can come away from some of these conversations with the same ideas. If you are not part of this group that Ted and I are talking about, it's the Brotherhood of Fatherhood. It's on Facebook. Whether you like Facebook or not, you just probably should hop on and only look at that because it's pretty much very positive. Um, and then tune into our podcast, Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast is on every platform out there. I think it's even on, you can even say it to Alexa now and it'll bring you up. Um, and it's on Amazon music. It's everywhere. Uh, and I, I have some awesome virtual assistants making sure that we are heard anywhere in the world that people want to hear us. So hit that subscribe button, support what we're doing through just subscribing. That's really seriously a big deal. Uh, and tune in for more. Have a great day.